Now playing comes a podcast from two brothers. My name is Christian Duran. And I'm Pedro Duran. About the movies that raised them. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? From the laugh out loud comedies to the explosive 90s action flicks. Welcome to Earth. The heartwarming animated classics to the tear jerking Oscar bait dramas. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And now, grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. This is the podcast where two brothers get on here and talk about the movies that raised us. My name is Christian Duran, and with me, as always, is Pedro Duran. Mm. And this mm. is the night bird. You're <laughs> <laughs> listening to the cool sounds of uh, the Duran, the Duran Brothers. Brothers podcast. I know you cool cats are finishing up work right now and going home and going to see your, your, your special girl. And, you know, you've been working hard. Why don't you treat yourself and give yourself a little tug on the streets? <laughs> <laughs> this is Steely Dan with Kid Charlemagne. <laughs> this is who is that lady? Carol Deli- something? Oh no, I don't know. Carol, I'm thinking about Delilah. Know. You know Delilah, the radio host in Florida. Mm, yes, I remember that. Yeah, she's still on. That's why. Yeah. Anyway, when I went to Orlando recently, I heard her on the radio. I was like, "Damn, she's still on." Uh, mom was like, "Yeah, I used to listen to her all the time." I was like, "Damn, how old is this?" <laughs> who's the singer? Carol, the one who sings, and it's too late, baby. Now it's too late. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh no! What am I? Carol King. That's it. Oh, okay. This is Carol King. It's too late, baby. It is. It's now one a.m. It is too late. <laughs> Oh, anyway, how are you? I'm okay. I am okay. My allergies have gotten better. Sorry to apologies for anyone listening. If you can hear sometimes like I got sniffling on I was listening to some of the last episodes and I was like, God, I sound terrible. I sound really sick. It's just like it's fucking, it's fucking pollen is just killing my body. So You said um, I like Tupac a little bit. Fucking pollen. Fucking pollen. Well, yeah, got me locked up. Yeah, were you? I've been on a on a. That's <laughs> funny. It's a weird mix. I was listening to to start my weekend. Uh, I was listening to Elvis, a lot of Elvis, a lot of Eminem, and then Tupac. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I just put it on, like mixing it up, and my neighbors are probably wondering, like, what kind of fucking person lives there that's <laughs> listening to this yeah. type of playlist? But yeah, so it's that. And then I was thinking, you know what's a movie I haven't seen in a while? Tupac resurrection great movie one yeah. of my favorite documentaries yeah it's awesome it's a fucking awesome it's really movie. good and it's like i don't hear anybody talking about this movie yeah it's like i thought it was so well done it came out in like what 2001 2000 mm. maybe like 2003 or something like that yeah yeah 2003 this, yeah yeah it's a great movie it's this documentary where they just pieced tupac's like life, life. story it's his life his whole but life it's like but it's taken from like sound bites of him yeah so audio it's, clips so it's actually it's 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 composed as if he's narrating it yeah but obviously he's dead so it's as he posthumous is mm. he mm. no he's in 
Cuba. Uh, according, yeah, according to our friend Enrique, he was supposed to be in the. <laughs> he was supposed to come back in the New Year's Eve ball in yeah. the year two thousand. Should we tell that story? Yeah, yeah go I mean, I kind of did. Yeah. So Chris and I, growing up, we we, we were buddies with this guy Enrique, and I don't know. Love we just talk. Still. Yeah, and um, we um, you know, we we'll talk about rap music and shit like bone thugs and tupac and stuff like that and i just remember enrique that conversation came up the the tupac fake death thing conspiracy yeah. or theory and i remember him enrique saying that it that tupac had faked his death strictly well tupac had faked his death and the plan was that he was going to come back and reveal himself in the Times square ball right yeah. And, he was going to um, be in the and New Year's Eve on in the year two thousand. He was going to emerge from the ball at the stroke of midnight. Yes, and Times then Square. do a concert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it wouldn't get out. Yeah, and he wouldn't have to deal with the legal ramifications of faking yes. your death. Yes, and all the people that wanted to kill you from before. Yeah, so. <laughs> still might wanting to kill you. Yeah, so. But um, yeah, that's a great movie, Tupac Resurre- Resurrection. And then, you know, if you don't know anything about Tupac or uh, maybe you do and you want to get more um, information about him, watch that because that would that's a great yeah. way in into his music. And then yeah. go listen to the music. Because I was like not really – I wasn't old enough to be like so cognizant of like what was going on. I, you know, I was like 10 when Tupac was like mm. at the peak. Or like even when he died, didn't he die in '96? Yeah, yeah. I I was ten when he died. Yeah. So I remember I when even... he died. I saw on the news, and I was a kid, you know, and I knew it was big. It was like mm-hmm. big news, but I was like, oh, I don't. I'm a right, child. Yeah. So I didn't understand or comprehend like the magnitude of the guy and his music and all of it. So watching that was like a good, because you know I knew the. I knew he he got shot. The thing was like him and Biggie got shot, and it was like conspiracy slash just craziness. And um, yeah, and then that that documentary filled in all the the holes that I didn't know. But it's so well done, and it's so I don't know, man. It's like it's like kind of heartbreaking because it's this guy telling a story. If you if you watched it now, you would assume they use like AI, you know, yeah. speech generators. Yeah, because crazy. it's so good and so well done, and like done in such a way that he comments on you aspects like, of this, his life that happened yeah. that that you're kind of like was like is the narration was it this audio taken from an interview where he was speaking about that certain thing but it doesn't right. but maybe not but i don't know it's just and it was like how do they form it do they get the audio first and then form the story narrative yeah around it yeah, it's weird because like, yeah, because it goes through his his like life linearly and you would never think like you would think he was just narrating the movie mm. as it was happening. Right. But yeah, I I do wonder how they how they did that. I wonder if they came up with the narrative first or they were like this clip, this clip, this clip, this clip because it's pretty seamless and it's also kind of astounding that he recorded so much. Mm. You know, there's so much of him just speaking about different topics too. Yeah. So many different topics. Like every piece of his life is covered. Yeah. It's really, it's really, really good. I yeah. recommend it to anybody. Yeah. Really, really good. So, so it's that, that's one of my favorite uh, documentaries. 
and it's not even like well like i'm not even sure if it's on blu-ray i don't think so because yeah i used it's to like have a, hard a copy yeah on dvd and then i moved and i think i lost some of my dvds and um i haven't checked my collection actually i don't maybe i do but i don't i don't think off the top of my head i don't think i, ha- I own it but yeah um I, yeah i don't think it's on blu-ray either because it's one of those unfortunately it's, it, it's weird because it's, it's almost like one of those movies those quote-unquote like hood movies that don't get enough interest to generate to move to blu-ray i had the yeah. big pun documentary remember do you remember watching that with me i remember that yeah yeah i had the big pun documentary i don't remember what it's called necessarily i gotta look it up but i know like that isn't going to be on um on on transfer to blu-ray too and that was a fascinating one too like yeah because i love um you know, big, big pun. pun. And I remember I was giving, I handed, I, 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 um, uh, I was working, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I used to work at Popeye's, Popeye's mm-hmm. chicken. <laughs> and there was a guy that I used to work with. I forget. I think he was from St. Louis, I think, or maybe he was from New York. I, he was into pun too. And I was like, yo, I have this documentary at home. And he was like, Oh, and I, I lent it to him and I was like, oh, I, that was the last time I'm going to see that. Yeah, you're never going to see that again. <laughs> but he did return it, which I was like surprised. I was like, wow, he did. And then he was telling me, he was like, wow, I didn't know any of that about his life and all that crazy stuff and all the demons that he was like kind of dealing with. So, What were the demons? I remember kind of passing by while you were watching. I just remember it was like, I hate to say this, but it looked very like poorly shot. Like it, like, it just looked very like, I don't know. Hood? The camera yeah. work yeah. yeah yeah it's whatever it wasn't like you know it's not like lit well or anything it's just no. like people put a camera in all these people's faces and started interviewing them yeah yeah well that's what i'm saying it's not gonna get a blu-ray release yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah, called yeah. big pun still not a player i believe yeah. um basically he had an abusive stepfather who like really beat the yeah. shit out of him apparently to the point like um he would how how he dealt with it he was just he would be eating yeah. hence the weight and um, anytime he had a problem, he would go into the weight. And then um, as an adult in his marriage, he was a, a, a very abusive husband. Wow. And they show they have a camera footage like they have a home camera and um, he uh, pistol whips his wife on camera oh, and they have it in the documentary. Um, so, yeah. And just the, and the weight problem is a big thing when he was trying when they were his his physician and his friends and his family were like, yo, you got to lose weight. He would go to the gym and trying to get back on it. But, you know, family and friends or his wife will come home and find, sounds so bad, brownies and food stored secretly in places in the house. So, um, yeah, just uh, stuff like that. So it's very fascinating because, you know, especially for um, a rapper like Pun who – he only put out one album alive. Excuse me. He only put out, yeah, when, when he was alive, he only put out one album. The second album yeah. was put out when he passed, after yeah. he passed. Um, so a bystander of hip-hop music would kind of look at it as like, oh, it's just kind of like a flash in the pan. But no, man, he was... He was um, he was about I, to be I, the uh, the next big thing. Yeah, yeah. He was a He's massive... Yeah, and his style, like no one... Sounds like him. That's the crazy thing. No one sounds like him. Like he, I can, he, I can hear his influences, but no one, in my opinion, no one sounds like him. He was very unique. And of course, being the first Latin rapper, Latin hip hop artist to go platinum was a 
historic as well. And yeah, man, he was like, I really think he was a whole package. Like he can battle rap, he can spit, he can do funny songs, he can do love songs. And this dude was like 500 pounds and he was still, you know, very charming to the ladies and all that. So, yeah. And, and, and even with that weight, he, his, um, um, skill, his lung capacity, his um, finesse with his words and his mouth and the way he put the words together was amazing. So so check that out. Those two hip-hop documentaries to check out if people have the chance to. So, Yeah, if you can find them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you they're can really find good. them. They're hard to find. Yeah, hold on to them, then, you know, they're going to increase in value. So Yeah, I know. I'm about to go on eBay right now and look up Tupac Resurrection DVD. Yeah. You know, I saw something uh, this week so far removed from hip hop and I put a review on it and it's funny because your wife actually laughed at it and stuff like that. Uh, I saw this movie called Deadly Illusions. Okay. uh, 2021. I saw it on Netflix. I was here. No, I was home earlier this week and I was just wanted. I was like, I want something on. But so I finished Taxi Driver. So I was kind of and it would be interesting to talk about that in a sec. But and I was like, let me just put on something I don't know what it is. I kind of not invested in. So it's like either Django or or Lincoln, yeah. Because <laughs> you know? I'm like, those are the like my go to. Yeah. I just kind of like whatever. So I said, let me chuck this thing on Deadly Illusions and let's see what. It, and the the trailer of it gained my interest because I'm always up for an erotic thriller. And the okay. trailer was like, ooh, sexy, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> mm-hmm. At least at least if it's not stimulating my mind, it's stimulating something else. And. Sure. Um, <laughs> Man, oh boy, this is basura basura. It's trash, man. Like, like it's really bad. It What's is, it called? Uh, Deadly Illusions, starring Kristen Davis of Sex in the City fame. Oh, and, um, okay. Dermot, what, what's that guy's name? Dermot McDermott? Mulrooney? Yeah, him. Dermot he plays Mulrooney. the husband. Bro, it's okay. like a, it's a Lifetime movie. It wants to be oh, a... Oh, boy. Yeah, it wants to be... I'm going to give you the premise and you already know what it is. And that's not the problem, okay? But it's a it's a, like a souped up lifetime movie. So uh, Kristen Davis is like an author, of course. She's a writer, like a, a, a like a writer of like thriller books or something like that. And she's like obviously the best writer in the world. And they live like in this massive, beautiful house. And I don't want to even say, but they like fucking mansion house yeah. with her perfect husband who. They don't even say what he does. He just wears suits all the time and he does business. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, I got to go to the office and, you know, I'm just a businessman. And every time he wakes up in the morning, he's just, he's like, he loves her so much. He's like, he's just ready. He just comes and kisses her in the night. Oh, you're he literally like, you're so sexy. You're so sexy. He's like, you just can't have enough of her. She's like, she yeah. has a perfect life and they have twins. That's another thing too. It's like, they can't just have two kids. They have to have twins. Identical twins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boy and girl too, so it's not like, no. oh wow, okay, <laughs> yeah. So it's like they're checking up all the boxes. Like, no, not one kid is older or anything like that. So she has writer's block, and she just can't figure where her next book is and stuff like that. And she's just having problems with managing it. So of course, like her, her, her best friend, and I'm just, I'm mentioning this because it's a trope who is also black, who is like the sassy black chick, who is A, also her therapist. Okay. <laughs> That's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Tells her like, hey, you should probably get a nanny. And it was like, oh, okay. I don't know. So they go, to, he's like, this is a, a card, a business card for like this 
the i don't know the a class nanny service where like all the nannies are harvard graduates and like they know cpr and you know they're just like the best of the best of the best or whatever yeah so um she starts interviewing and then it's that scene like in miss a doubtfire where like this person you know like she says the wrong thing and the other person's like oh weird or a little bit too weird and she's like oh it's just so hard i can't find the perfect nanny and then just like in uh single white female the the film this woman comes in and she's like, Oh, is this the, 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 like the, where I can get the nanny role? And she's like, Oh, I've just been so busy interviewing nannies. Just come in. And then she, Oh, excuse me. Kristen Davis, like, excuse me. Uh, uh, the phone's ringing. I have to go to another room. And then when she's on the phone, Kristen Davis comes back in the nanny's already, this potential nanny is already like playing with the kids and like, yeah, you know, it's all like good. She's like, Oh, you're so perfect. You got the job. So that's a setup, right? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. i just told you the setup what do you think is going to happen at the end you tell me you've seen a lot of movies and you can figure it. and also like i said it's a lifetime movie yes it's also called deadly illusions yeah <laughs> so i'm guessing somebody's not real or all of it's not real <laughs> yeah. and she's in a like a and she's in a mental hospital or something boy like <laughs> it's like i'll give it away Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> it turns out the nanny, because as you go on, like, oh, man, it it turns out like, oh, man, it is so difficult. Long story. The nanny, the nanny's like has split personality. Yeah. The nanny, so she, the nanny has split personality. Okay. Right. But to answer, but let me explain it. The nanny has split personality. She has one personality called Grace. The other person is called Margaret or something like that. And Grace is very demure and nice and like, oh, I want to help Miss Kristen Davis. Help me help you. And me. And like she spills water and she's like, oh, let me soak it up. It's going to stain. It's like it's water. It's not going to stain. But there are times throughout the film as you're watching as an audience member where she gets like really like sexy and like she'll strip in front of kristen davis and try to seduce her yeah. and stuff and then there's an actual scene where uh the nanny is sitting she's she's having she's receiving oral sex cunnilingus from what's sure. his name dermot mcmormon dermot mulrooney mulrooney she's getting cunnilingus from mulrooney and kristen davis like in the back like just watching yeah. voyeuristically and then the nanny looks over her shoulder and it's like he like gives her a look like yeah and it's just like whoa what's going on and in turn turns out like there are times where it's margaret the evil persona and then the good persona but that's not the problem the problem is with the film that it's setting it up to make it seem like kristen davis is like the crazy one you feel what i'm saying right and to so many things that you as a person are like, I don't know what's going on here because, and they don't really explain stuff. There'll be scenes where th- things will happen and they just dead it and they just don't come back to it at all. So for instance, in a setup is Kristen Davis in the beginning. She was like, I have Rogers block, blah, blah. And then her husband's like, you should write more. And she was like, you know, when I write, I become a different person. So right there as an audience member, I'm like, yeah, you're like Oh, she's okay. the crazy one. The name yeah. of the movie is called deadly illusions and all this wild shit's happening. Like someone slashes her tires. I'm like, Oh, it's her split personality. Like yes. Kristen Davis yeah. has a split personality. And then I'm thinking like, or oh, is maybe the nanny like her split personality? You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. watching it third person because yeah. like the nanny is uh, trying to seduce Maroney. And I'm just like, Oh, maybe this is Kristen Davis split personality. 
like that's why she she in that scene where that dude's going down on her Kristen davis is in the background so is it like yeah. a get out situation where she's like in the sunken place watching herself right getting you know getting head from her husband yeah. and i'm just like oh okay and stuff like that and then somebody oh then the fucking therapist ends up getting and then even more so the the therapist there's oh my god it's so bad there's a scene where the therapist <laughs> is at Kristen davis and the nanny have been out riding bikes oh this is the thing they've been riding bikes all day and stuff and then throughout the film Kristen davis starts feeling sexually attracted to the nanny so they start engaging in a lesbian relationship, like start kissing and stuff. The nanny in one scene uh, draws a, a bath for Kristen Davis. Kristen Davis is like in the bath and she's like, let me, she literally pours like milk and honey in the bath and then okay. starts like massaging her and then starts basically fingering her <laughs> in the bath okay. <laughs> and kissing her and stuff. And so this is the scene is a steamy eroticness of it. Yeah. And then that scene, the next scene, the, the therapist slash friend is in the driveway with Maroney. It's like, I have something to tell you. And he's like, what was going on? It's something, it's something about grace or something like that. And then Kristen Davis, like, I, let's talk about it later. She's like, no, we need to talk about it now. And then the next scene, the fucking nanny, uh, no, excuse me, uh, the therapist slash best friend is stabbed with scissors okay. in the neck. And then the yeah. cops come and then the cops are like, Oh, we got the, the camera footage. The only person coming in and out of that office is you, Kristen Davis. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> and then, huh? yeah. And then for some reason, like, I don't know why. And, and the, and the literally the cop says, we actually got a, a record of your therapy sessions from last year. It does. The therapy does say that you, because screen- that's like that. Cause that's not <laughs> confidential. Yeah. Cause the, ther- <laughs> the therapist, the, and, and it's like the, and it's so funny because like, it's a notepad with like scribbling, you know, like, yeah. and it just says in black marker, it says experiences, blackouts, loss of memory. <laughs> yeah. And in very and, big and it's font. like in a Ziploc bag. So I don't know. Yeah. Like, but why is it in a Ziploc bag? Like you, you can put that stuff like, yeah, you know, very readable so, font. Yeah. So it's setting it up to, to be like, you know, Chris, uh, Kristen Davis is like the crazy person. There's a golden scene. It's a great scene. So Kristen Davis is like, I got to find more about uh, grace so she calls the agency she's like hey um i have a question about grace she hasn't che- uh, um, cashed any of her checks that i've been sending and they're like grace what do you mean there's like you have a nanny you sent over to my house named grace we don't have a grace working here dun, dun, dun. so she finds the nanny's home address or something which yeah. is like in this shitty redneck town i think she actually like wo- walks up to a trailer knocks on the door and Kristen Davis like, Hey, you don't know me, but can I come in? And then the ladies inside is like this, like, you know, honey boo boo trailer park trash. Like, yeah, sure. come. And like, you're like, yeah, literally. Yeah. Come inside. Let me smoke my cigarette. And then she was like, um, I want to ask you about grace. He was like, Oh, grace. He was like, yeah. What do you know about her? Oh, you ain't literally a line is you ain't from around here. Are you? He was like, let me show you this newspaper clipping. And then shows the newspaper clipping. Grace was actually abused when she was a kid. She was kidnapped and like a Mystic River situation. She was kidnapped and held in a basement for like 10 months before she got found. That girl was never the same after that. So then you're like, oh, okay. So the nanny is crazy. Yeah. So 
but then you're like, but wait, isn't Kristen Davis the one that's experiencing the blackouts and her and the the cops literally said your fingerprints are on the murder weapon so you're kind of like what the fuck is happening here yeah so yeah it's just that maroney gets it he gets a big slash in the gut which i thought was funny and um (laughs) because like the nanny's like comes out in sexy clothes and she's like maroney let's fuck and maroney's like i don't want to do this i can't and then she's like well fuck you i'm gonna kill you and he slashes her and then there's a big chase scene or something like that. And, and then it ends. And then the ending with the balls on this, on this ending. <laughs> Cause there's a scene where it sets it up where, where, like I said, the cops are like, Kristen Davis, you're the only one coming in and out of that office. Cause they have her wearing some kind of like a scarf over her head and sunglasses. Yeah. And then at the end, basically what happens, it ends I guess, uh, I don't know, Maroney, you got slashed in the gut, like scream style, you know, but yeah. at the end he's able to play soccer with the kids. I, I guess nothing ever happened to him. He's, he's perfectly yeah. fine. They're all hugging and kissing as a family of four. Um, and then it shows Chris and Davis, even after this, na- this uh, person who's lied to her to get into her house and stuff like that and did stab her husband and put her kids in potential and murder her friend potentially, I guess that's the thing. And yeah, potentially murder her friend and put her kids in danger is now in a mental asylum. And Kristen Davis is so nice that she goes and visits her and like, Hey Grace, how are you? I just want to make sure you're fine. And I yeah. bought some books from the library for you and stuff. And then the last scene is Kristen Davis leaving the mental hospital. And she, she will, looks at the camera and they did the thriller eyes. And it's you're, almost ah. like that. <laughs> it's almost like that. It's almost like that. And then it pans up to the sky and then font the end. And then the end kind of goes like, Hey, why are you like, like splitting? That's so shitty. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in my house last night. Cause I had to finish it. Cause I only, and this is another thing. It was way too long. Cause I'm watching Wait, this but thing. So like, so yes, here's, yes, what, here's exactly. what I'm confused yes. about. Yes, this is what I mean. This is my so, plus last so, night. So Kristen Davis was like, has, is schizophrenic or like has split personalities, but the nanny is still actually crazy. Yes, that's what they what? they don't explain. So what they leave it to, what they kind of imply is that Kristen Davis is crazy and potentially has killed her best friend slash therapist. Okay. Because the evidence is there. She has memory loss, all this shit. She left the office and her fingerprints are on the scissors. Oh, yeah, yeah, on the on the murder weapon, but so does the nanny. The nanny has split personality as well. So oh, what she a, probably got blamed for all the murders, and Kristen Davis knows. got Scott off scotch free, and thus being able to write her book and being successful again. Okay, good. I'm glad it worked out for everybody. Yes. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's yeah. Exactly. So I'm yeah. sitting in my house like – so I started earlier this week and I was watching it. And when they got to the scene where they're like in the bath like kissing and I'm like, Yo, what? Because I'm like kind of casually. You know, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then I put on the – to look at the timestamp. I was like, yo, this movie's got 48 minutes left. I was like, yo, man, I can't finish this. And I had to stop and I was like, maybe I'll do a synopsis online. And I couldn't find a legit one. So I was like, I just – I have to find out how this movie ends. I have That's to find so out. So, um, and that's how it ended. So, yeah, sometimes there's just movies where you're like, you guys are like just really trying to outthink yourselves. Like, mm. it's just like, they're trying to be too clever with the, the twist that is like, all right, there's so many twists, like nothing makes sense anymore. Mm. It's just like, yeah, it's, that's, that's rough. 
Uh, speaking of which, he said Dermot Mulroney, and he actually appears in Scream 6, but I just watched mm. Scream 4 for the first time. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I told you about the other night. Um, so, yeah, I was taking the night duty. I have a new baby, so I was, like, up all night just, you know, being with the... watch Showing her Scream 4. <laughs> yeah, showing her Scream 4. Well, she doesn't mind, like, the sound, apparently. So, I, like, I just hit, like, shuffle on my movie player. And like whatever came up came up, so I ended up watching the um, Hotel Chevalier, which is like the the uh, little mini film before Darjeeling Limited. Mm-hmm. I saw Bring It On, and then mm. I saw Scream Four all in one night. Mm. And I was happy to Scream Four was the random movie because like I've been wanting to watch it. Like I've seen Scream Three, and I haven't seen anything past Scream Three. Mm. Obviously, Scream One through three, I should say but I've never seen four five or six. And I kind of wanted to see five when it came out mm. Four, I think you told me wasn't that great or whatever. Four. And that's the one you just saw with Emma Roberts. This is the one I just saw with Emma Roberts. Yeah. And I yeah. was like watching, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, I was like, Oh, Wes Craven's back. That's interesting. Mm. And Kevin Williamson. And, right. And yeah, Kevin Williamson. And, uh, it was just like, it was just like trying to be a little bit too clever Hmm. you know like the, yeah. the opening the opening was pretty fun where it's like like four fake outs i guess yeah it's like four yeah. fake outs so the first thing you see is like it's basically like mirroring the first movie of scream where like some you know somebody calls and there's two girls like hanging out and somebody calls and it's the fucking killer and then one of them gets stabbed and all chaos happens one one of them gets stabbed by the other one, and it's like, yeah. oh my gosh! And then you realize it says stab seven. Yeah. And then you're like, and then it's two people on a couch going like, this is so fucking stupid. Yeah. I think it's Kristen Bell and Anna Paquin. Kristen at one Bell point. and Anna Paquin. Yeah. And they're like, that was so stupid. I hate these horror movies that fucking fake you out. And then like, I think either Kristen Bell or Anna Paquin kills. I think Kristen Bell kills Anna Paquin. It's like. Hate when people fucking ruin the movie and it's yeah, like, yeah. stab seven. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's a fake out like three times. Pretty clever, but like but yeah, and I mean, spoiler alert, if you don't want to know. I mean, it's this is a this movie came out in 2011 at this point, yeah, so it's so. okay. But um yeah, so apparently Emma Roberts is killing people, mm-hmm. is the killer who's Emma Roberts plays Nev Campbell's Sydney Prescott's um Cousin, cousin, right? Yeah. Yeah. She plays Sydney Prescott's cousin who's killing everybody because she wants to be like Instagram famous. She basically yeah. wants to be like an influencer. But like her villain monologue as to like why she's doing it is so painful and she's mm. really not good in it mm. at all. She like is not convincing and doesn't deliver it well, but she's just like the only thing, like the only thing people care about is being famous. So I want to be famous. Like, this is how you get famous. You don't have to be talented anymore. You just have to do some crazy shit. Mm. You just have to be a victim. And it's just like, oh, this is just Kevin Williamson screaming at me through Emma Roberts' body. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is just like the writer is just like venting through some young girl. Mm. I thought it was like mad cheesy. Yeah. But whatever. But I'm ready to see Scream 5. Yeah. Scream 5. <laughs> Screen five, I I'm trying to think. This is the last one with Nev Campbell, apparently. Yeah, she wasn't in six because I think they had some dispute, like financial disputes on Scream Six. Yeah. So Scream Five, I'm trying to recall who the killer is. Oh, I remember now. That's I, I actually enjoyed it. I like the new the new generation of Scream. I've seen them all. Yeah. 
I saw Scream 5. Scream 5 is good. I, I enjoy Scream 6 too as well, even though I have to watch it again. I did enjoy it. The I would say Scream in New York. Yeah, Scream in New York. That's that's perfect. <laughs> scream hey. in the Scream Six. Lost in the Scream. Lost in the Big yeah. Apple. Yeah. What was that? Ninja Turtles like? Uh, uh, fuck. And in in, it's in Turtles in Time, and they have like the little saying. Big like, Apple, three a.m. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Screams, Scream Six. Lost in New York. Scream in New York. Yeah, it's good. Have you seen that one? Scream in New York. I haven't. No, this I've because I I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go through because I feel like if you see Scream. If you miss one, they're going to tell you the killer of the last one. Oh, they do. They yeah. usually mention it. Yeah. yeah. And it's typically, if you've watched the series, you start to notice when I went to see, you start to notice the pattern is that the killers are all connected or yeah. they're, they are familiar with the killer of the previous film. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when I saw Scream 6, I already had my suspicions as to who the killer was and I was correct. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I figured it out. I was like, oh, I bet it's that. And it's true. But the newer ones are, I, I really, I do like the newer ones. That main, uh, the main actress is really awesome. I got to look, I will give her a shout out. Jenna Ortega? No, no. The other one. Melissa Barrera, I believe is her name. So Jenna, Jenna Ortega. I I like, I know Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega is like a star now. So I know. Yeah. She's like very famous now. Yeah. Jenna Ortega and, um, uh, Melissa Barrera, they're sisters in the, in the film. So Melissa's the older and Jenna Ortega is, um, yeah. Um, the younger, but if you haven't seen scream, what is it? Five. Five? Yeah. You should watch it because it all ties into something and it's a new take yeah of the scream like lore. mythos lore yeah. yeah the mythos they add something new to the mythos and you're kind of like oh okay oh yeah this motherfucker dermot dermot what kind of name is that dermot 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 Rooney. dermot dermot huh okay so yeah yeah they add something new to the mythos which makes it a lot more interesting and I know they're going to make it Scream 7 because they're going to have to um, conclude it. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. They have to this thing it, yeah. they added to the mythos. But this new ghost face, he's fucking brutal. He's not like just slashing people. He's like, he's really like, like sticking that knife in like multiple times, like cutting up meat. Oh boy. Like butchering. He's butchering people, which is good. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, while I was watching Scream 4, I was thinking like, you know, now they should have like, I guess like with the AI shit, they should, he should be calling up people as their friends. You know what I mean? He should be mm. using like the, instead of the voice scrambler, mm. he like uses like people's real people's voices to call them like, Hey, Hey, it's your friend, Lori, come outside. Yeah. And then yeah, she yeah. comes outside and he gets killed. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, What's your scary favorite, scary movie. And then like, you know, what? Who is this? And then he starts using the voices of all the dead people he's already killed. Yeah. And, like, and starts getting fucking creepy. Yeah. Well, in Scream 3, point, doesn't he, use the, he uses the Sydney Prescott's mother's voice, right? Does he? I don't remember yeah. that. Remember, oh, yeah. Do you know, remember what the whole theme was and shit? Yeah, it was like returning to the f- original, yeah. Yeah, but they it's yeah. it's also like an L.A. story. So. Yeah. And like Sydney Prescott, you don't know if she's hallucinating or anything like that, but like she sees her mother and her mother's calling her on the phone. And it's like, this is why your fucking horror, why your fucking horror mother died. Ah. Oh, yeah. You're like, okay. Well, well, well. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I like I like the Scream series. Like someone, I do like. Yeah. Someone was like, "You're gonna see that one." It's, how many have they made? I was like, "This is the seventh. They're still making it." I was like, "It's pretty good, man." It's still need going. It. Yeah, it's still going. And if as long as they keep like doing a fresh take with it, like it has this thing. It's meta. Just do a fresh take with it, and that's it. That's all you got to do. Fuck it. So yeah, you just I would like to do a slasher movie. Books. Yeah, yeah. I have I I have some ideas for a slasher movie and stuff. So, and you know, I'm not gonna cop out. You know what I mean? I'm taking it raw, raw to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Candyman. No, not in the sense of. I mean, I don't know <laughs> yeah. Candyman, but I'm talking about. I want to see some fucking murders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big like. I mean, Scream was like the only like. I guess in that era, that '90s, the late post Scream era, I was like into the slasher movies. Mm. But I was, I'm never like, I've never been in like the saw, like the torture porn. Like when people yeah. talk about when horror movie fans talk about horror movies, they're like, I like the kills. Like, like I want to see some interesting kills. Yeah, I kind of like. I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. I like that shit. Like, I don't know. I don't get off on like the funniness of like how somebody yeah. dies. It, I'm like not yeah, no disrespect to anybody. That's just your taste or whatever. It's just me. I'm just kind of like, nah, I don't know if I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I, I'm not into the, the, I understand that for a, first of all, the torture porn, I don't really care for it at all. It's like, yeah. it's just too much. I don't, when I watch those things, um, I'm not getting off at the sense of, Oh, it's so funny. He got his head chopped off. I actually kind of look at him and like, Wow, that's an interesting effect. How they pull that off? You yeah, feel what I'm sure. saying. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm looking at it because I've seen one. I posted on Instagram a while back. I was just, I, I it was gory, gory as hell. Yeah. And I don't know what film this was from. It's from the 1980s or something. I'll send it to you if I find it again. I even had to put a warning prior to sharing it because I was like, "Hey guys, I don't typically send you know share gory videos and stuff, but I just thought this." practical effect was fucking amazing i don't know how they did it it looks really legit and it's like this monster i think it's from Pumpkinhead, the film and he he grabs it's like a mortal Kombat fatality he like grabs the yeah. person's jaw from both ends and just rips it open and i was like wow that's fucking harsh and whoever did and it's a little bit of editing too i, I noticed it's a little bit of editing um trick uh, but whoever did that and how they pulled it off was it's fucking talented. So that's why. So yeah, it's in, yeah, it's interesting to, I, that's how I look at it. And as far as the, the kills, I'm just kind of like, Oh, that's an interesting kill. How they did that. And you know, so um, yeah, that's, that's where I can appreciate it. Appreciate that from. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it was the first horror movie I've seen in a while, actually. Mm. Since like, yeah, I can't even tell you. Since, I mean, like, since even the, I mean, I watched the Suspiria remake, like last late last year, and that was like the last horror movie I saw. Oh, maybe Bodies, 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 or something like mm. that, which is like almost not a horror movie. Did you ever see that? No, is that with Pete Bodies, Davidson? Pete Davidson. It's yeah. like they go in the house. They they're all. It's like these millennials or Gen Z, or whatever. I don't yeah. know. They all go in a house, and then um, the lights the power goes out yeah, and then Pete Davidson shows up dead and they like have to figure out who killed him. Mm. And it's just like, it's just crazy. And then the ending is like, Oh my God. The twist ending is like, Oh, that's interesting. Good or bad. Or it's interesting. Good. 
it's interesting. It's interesting. Okay. And I, f- I feel bad even saying it's a twist ending, mm. but like that kind of movie, you're sort of like, if it's a movie where you're like, who's the killer, you know, you're, you should be expecting a twist. Right. So, mm. so yeah, it's, I think it's worth watching. It's, it's pretty funny too, but yeah, I mean, the other movie I saw was bring it on, which I haven't mm. seen because I was almost going to skip it. Little Kim's then- bring it on. No, little Kim's in <laughs> You Got Serve, right? Or she can bring think it on. So. She's in You Got Serve. I'm mixing you got it served. up. No, Bring It On is with the R the early 2000s R&B group Black with a Q. Yes. B L A Q U E. Yeah. Did they do Where the Boys at from the front to back? I don't that- think so. Black was um maybe you're right. Oh baby, bring it all to me. Oh bring yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's bring it on. And I was, I posted on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, just being like, this movie's the social commentary in this movie was 20 years ahead of its time. Mm. And just the idea of the fact that this like, so if you don't know the movie, it's Kristen, Kirsten Dunst plays a cheerleader and she's going into her senior year. So she's becoming the cheerleader captain. So of like the most winningness cheerleading squad in all of california there's like funny stuff there's a lot of funny stuff in this peyton reed directing it um mm, ant-man's peyton reed ant-man's peyton reed but he's very he has a, a flair for comedy so the comedy in it is like pretty damn funny i think and pretty clever like even to the point where like everybody in the town goes to the football games not for the football team they go for the cheerleaders so yeah. like when the football players come out like everybody's like, huh, whatever. Even the marching because band. I remember the play. football team is like really bad, right? They're really bad. They're like yeah. terrible. They lose every game, and like <laughs> even and there's like a small joke that you like that's in the background that you might not even hear. And he's like, uh, when the the commentator is like, come back next week for uh, next next week's defeat. Like he just mm. goes, he just says next week's defeat. And, uh, so yeah. And then like when the football players come on the field, like the marching band doesn't even play, like nobody cares. And then it's like, and now your cheerleaders in it. And the mm. marching band goes crazy and everybody, yeah. all the town like gets hyped. lights up. So anyway, Kirsten Dunst has the pressure of being the new cheerleader captain. Eliza Dushku is like the new girl on the team. Who's like, yeah, but she's a badass, right? She's a badass. They're holding yeah. auditions and like, yeah. you know, she's the one who's like, I don't even fucking want to be a cheerleader. Like yeah. this is fucking st- stupid she's the new girl in school mm-hmm. and the, but she's good so then she gets the she gets the gig and then she goes to see um she goes to see the cheerleading practice and when she what sees are they called the like, squads called the tornadoes or something toros okay brr it's cold in here there must be some toros in the atmosphere that yeah. might be the other team though so so eliza dushku goes to see this is LA, by the way. So Eliza Dushku goes to see their practice and gets acclimated by the team. And then she looks at their cheers and just leaves in disgust. Their, and she's their like, routine and specifically. Their routine specifically. Yeah. And then Kirsten Dunst goes, what's wrong? And she's like, you stole that. And, mm, she, yes. and Kirsten Dunst's like, what? So then Kirsten Dunst, Eliza Dushku takes Kirsten Dunst to like. To Compton, this, right? To Compton. Yeah, exactly. Is it Compton? Yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure it's like Compton. Yeah. So, and, and it's a black cheerleading squad and they see that the black cheerleading squad is doing all the routines. So what happened was the ex captain 
who is now like left in, in college, handed down these routines that she stole from the black cheerleading squad that they would do every year. And they would win all these national championships and take it from the black squad, which is like a premise, which is not even like really the big part of the premise kind of, but like <laughs> if it was made, like this would be the biggest part of the movie. Not, matter of fact, this, the movie would be told from the black team's perspective. You know what yeah, I mean? Like if it was yeah. made today, which is funny. But um, the thing where, where you're saying, where you're saying, because now as you said it, I, I remember watching Bring It On back in the day. And now that you're setting, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. And now I remember the plot. Yeah. And I guess like the drive of the story is that now it's kind of ragtag. They have to come up with their own cheers and they're like, yeah. oh, we don't know what to do and stuff. But it's funny that that aspect the uh, i guess uh, the stealing or the cultural appropriation yeah. of it was such a minor thing it's kind of like yeah yeah, yeah. this this white cheerleading squad is stealing from the black team and yeah. <laughs> it yeah, exactly. it's almost yeah. like <laughs> but that's like uh, yeah it's a big plot point and it also creates like a rivalry between the two because like and then the 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 Gabriel black union squad, is yeah the black squad led by Gabriel union and the members of black <laughs> I mean, that's the name of the group. I, yeah. I don't know what you want to no, say. No, but it's funny. It's like, and the members of <laughs> and the black, members of black <laughs> come out uh, after the game and they're like, so you're here to steal some more of our cheers? Yeah. And and says some, some dumb shit. The titular. Yeah. Bring it on. And they're like, brr, it's cold in here. There must be some Toros in the atmosphere. And Gabrielle Union goes, you don't really think some white people came up with that. Mm. They're like, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> like, it's not that black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny because remember, uh, what's that? What's a spoof movie? Teen movie. They spoof it. Yeah. And do you remember the spoof? Cause they oh, do not that. Another teen movie. Yeah. Yeah. Not in the teen movie. Well, they do the same thing and they're like, we have our own cheers. And then the white yeah. squad is like, it's over the top. It's like, we black, yeah. we black. And then like <laughs> yeah. twerking and shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. That movie's great. Yeah. So yeah. And then, and then, so what happens is Kirsten Dunst has to, now they have to like actually come up with their own routine and work hard to like mm. come up with their own thing. Mm. And then in the end, they go to like the finals and the championships and they get second place. And then the black squad actually wins it, which is like exactly what needed to happen. Like, you know, if they had won, even with their routine, it would have been like, it would have looked bad now, but like yeah. it actually, the, the, the messaging worked. Yeah, <laughs> like the Clovers is the yeah. name of the Gabrielle Union's team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. So everything's settled because they got some, what, yeah. kind of <laughs> reparations or tokens? Yeah, they, exactly. They got their reparations in the form of winning yeah. the championship yes. at the end. Wow. That, all, after all those years of. Yep. of yeah. Mm. <laughs> nice. But, uh, but yeah, there's just like, I mean, there's jokes throughout it it's pretty funny the only stuff i'm like that stuff is interesting but i also said like some stuff is aged very poorly uh -huh. because like there's like the gay cheerleaders okay and uh like the guys yeah the guys yeah. at one point eliza dushku's in with one of the the gay cheerleaders and she's like do you speak f like uh, f-a-g i'm not gonna i was she's like you speak man really like, wait she says the word all right yeah wow she says the word it's wild wow. it's wild and you're like, all right. And it's not the guy saying it. Like he doesn't go, oh yeah. Like yeah. it would be one thing if like a gay guy said it, but like she says, it. she's like, you speak, and uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, of course, or whatever. But it's weird because like they make a point that he's gay, but it's not like, I don't know. It's like 
I, I don't know. Like for a cheerleading movie, you would think they'd be like, he would just be like out and about, like obviously. Right. Okay. But he's yeah. just like, like they don't, how do I put this? Like they don't make a big deal of it, but not in the way that like, it's cool. You know what I mean? Like they're like, yeah, he's gay, but don't, don't look over here. Uh, anyway, mm, yeah, <laughs> this guy's straight though. This other one's yeah. straight. Like he, he like fucks all the girls and yeah. like, <laughs> like <laughs> to the point where he's like, he's like, yeah, sometimes when I'm up there, I stick a finger in her. I remember that. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's just rape. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who played that part? I don't know. Was it Some... Danny Matheson? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly auditioned. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it's is fun flash uh, flash from the past because I yeah. Uh, yeah I hadn't seen that movie in a long time and I was I was almost gonna skip it and Natasha just started watching it with me. Isn't there like w- a car wash scene too? Yes, there yeah. is a car wash scene. It's just like it's very two thousands. Mm. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. And then Natasha went upstairs and I was like, well, I'm almost done, so I might as well just finish this. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that was. That was good. I wonder, did I see anything else? I watched School of Rock as well. Mm, which is that's great. a good one. It's a great movie. It's like a yeah. really good movie. I know it's a Richard Linklater movie, but, uh, and not that it's anything, but like, it's obviously a good filmmaker, but like making a kind of like, like, how do I put this? Just kind of like a Friday night, like comedy. Movie. There's yeah. no, yeah. It's just like a, a movie, like Will Ferrell's. He, it's basically like kindergarten cop kind of, you know? Yeah. Or Big Daddy, like Will, not Will Ferrell. Jack Black. Jack Black. Jack Black is a, a rock musician. He's in he's like a, a loser. Yeah, he's kind of a loser right. in like rock band. And this band kicks him out because he can't like stop doing a bunch of solos and shit and stealing all the spotlight in the band. So they kick him out and he's like, fuck this band. And his roommate is Mike White, who is a substitute like, teacher. A substitute teacher. And he's like, you got to get me my rent, Jack Black. And uh, Jack Black's, man, I got it, whatever. So Sarah then they Silverman's call, in there too, right? Sarah Silverman plays yeah. his girlfriend who's like, you not need Jack a fucking- Black. Not Jack Black. She hates Jack Black. Yeah, that's what but she is. plays. She plays Mike White's girlfriend who's like, get, tell him to get the fuck out and give you rent. He's a fucking yeah. piece of shit. Why don't yeah, you yeah. fucking be a man? And he's like- yeah. You gotta get up, man. <laughs> you gotta get yeah, more rent, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, so then, so then, uh, Jack Black. There's a call. Jack Black picks up the phone, and it's like, "Hi, it's Joan Cusack, who's great yeah, in it. She principal. plays the principal, and she's like, hey, um, I'm looking for Ned Schneebly. We need a substitute.' He's like, "How much does it pay?'" And he's like, six fifty a week." He's like, "One second." Hi, this is Ned Schneebly. <laughs> yeah. So he pretends to be Ned Schneebly and and goes to be a substitute teacher. And then he finds out that the kids, he's like not into it. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. It's he's a like nice school. Really it's like a to, nice prestigious It's a preparatory school. school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a preparatory private school. And he doesn't give a shit. And he's just kind of being there. He's like just about to take the check. But then he sees all the kids in band camp, band class and he realizes they can play music. So he mm. like gets them together to play music. But then he's like, he's like, well, he gets them together to play in a band, but a it, band. with the intention for the, that rock show he has at the end. Yeah. He has, they have like a battle of the bands at the end and he's like getting them ready. You know, he's putting them together for it, but in, in doing so 
he takes these kids that don't have a ton of confidence and gives them confidence basically. Mm. And like, they're a lot, like at least three of them are like, yeah, I don't really, I like one of the kids is like, you know, I don't think I should be in the band. He's like, why shouldn't you be in the band? He's like, cause I'm not cool. Like people in bands are cool. Nobody talks to me. Mm. He's like, dude, you're so cool. Like you're in a band and all this stuff. So he starts giving them confidence and like, even the kids who aren't playing instruments are included in, uh, mm. in other words, like one of the kids is like you're on costumes and he yeah. really gravitates towards the costumes. Right. And then there's the one, the, like the one's know, a manager. Yeah. The know-it-all in the class. Who's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, always got her hand up. Right. Always has her hand raised and the teacher's pet or, or trying to be the teacher's pet. She becomes the manager because she's so like organized and shit, but like, it's such a great, it's almost, it's this like, little cute little comedy but it's like a great comment on like teaching and what and how to get kids how to reach kids in school mm. not just like throwing facts at them and shit it's like getting them engaged giving them confidence and like letting them experience stuff and like letting them gravitate to what they're good at mm. and letting them like come together to to like do something to like create something or like have a project together that they can all be invested in and like have a teamwork in. And like, it's really, uh, it's really great. And Jack Black's really good. He's never like, he's never really a dick to the kids. Even in the beginning, he's kind of like, yeah, whatever kid, but Mm. he's not like a jerk ever. Like he's like, you fucking dumb kids. He's just like, he's always like, yeah, you guys, you guys are cool. Yeah. It's not like, um, Billy Bob and Bad News Bears is more yeah, exactly. Emilio and Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks, yeah, yeah. And, but he, yeah, he's not even like as like I wouldn't even say that because he's not even like as hard ass as mm. Emilio isn't that necessarily. He's just like super nice to them. Like once he starts, you know, working with them and like right. just super. Uh, yeah, I see. I see. I thought you meant in yeah. the beginning when he's just like, "I'm here and I'm trying yeah. to get my money." Yeah. What I think the best joke from that movie is he comes in and he's like, "If you guys gotta get me quiet, I'm just I'm I'm hungover." Do you know what yeah. that means? And when the kids goes, it means you're drunk. He goes, <laughs> yes. "No, that means I was drunk was last drunk. night." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah. That was awesome. He, uh, I mean, that movie was so popular. They made a, they make a, a live show off a of li- it. Yeah. They made a musical, I, I yeah. think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And all those kids are like the main kid, the, the manager is like some, I think she's still acting in mm. some way. I think she was like yeah. a Disney channel kid. Oh uh, yeah. It's like now an adult who does, and is still famous in some respect. I don't know. Yeah. And all the kids are like real musicians though. All the kids are like real musicians now and doing great. I hope. But yeah, School of Rock, if you haven't seen it, that's the one to check out. Mm. I'm trying to think of yeah, if I saw anything else. One. You see anything else? Me? Um, yeah, I said, like I was saying earlier, I finished Taxi Driver. So yeah, that was good. That was a little bit too much because it's, it's funny with Taxi Driver. Like every time I watch it, I'm like, man, I relate to this guy so much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you look like I'm just I'm sitting in my apartment and complain about the scum and the filth of all the people around me. Mm-hmm. I'm I eat really shitty food every day. <laughs> I'm constantly uh, placing my wrists to an open flame, trying just to train myself. <laughs> so, but one thing I did take away from the film this time around, I think it's 
De Niro's best scene in that movie is when he's at the coffee shop and he talks to, he goes to Peter Boyle wizard. He's like, can I talk to you? And they go outside and you can yeah. see that he's really having trouble. He's like, man, I'm just like, I'm just thinking some bad thoughts, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's really yeah. l- trying to reach out and he's just, he can't express it. Yeah. He's like, I'm just having some bad thoughts. I just, you know, I just feel like I'm And you can see him tearing up. I don't know if yeah. it's tearing or like, yeah, you just have, I'm having some bad thoughts. And then it's weird because Peter Boyle is kind of like he's trying to be sympathetic, but he just doesn't know how to communicate. Right. And he's just he's like, like, hey, yeah, man, fuck, fuck it, man. Just, man, just fucking, fucking get laid, man. Just like, I don't know, man. It, it, listen, a man does what he does and that's what he does, you know? And it's <laughs> yeah. just, and it's just, I, I, I mean, maybe I'm reading it too much, but, but I just thought, I was like, man, that's just maybe a generation of dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they try to communicate with each other and like, hey, I'm just having a bad time. And, and even nowadays I can see like, like there is this thing about masculinity where sometimes it was like, you try to reach out to someone and you're just like, fuck it, man. Or, you know, we're like, just like, yeah, don't be a dirt on it. Yeah. Don't, you know, don't be a, don't be a little bitch, man. Come on. What the fuck, man? And it's just like, no, this dude is really hurting. And he's really like dream. Like I need, I want to talk to someone. I just, that scene was so fascinating to me. Yeah. It was saying so much. The subtext was so much in was so was there was so much in the subtext there that it, it made me appreciate the um um the film a lot more this time around. So yeah. You you know what he called you? You know what he called you? He called you a little chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little piece of chicken. Yeah. Did you read um Tarantino's chapter on that movie? No, book. I have the book here. I haven't started. I haven't been reading other stuff, but it's it's there. I want to read it. I just got to finish these because when it happens when I buy books, is like I buy them and then I get really hardcore into them. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like be reading two books at once, and then just like other shit starts piling up, and I'm like, I got this Jay Z book by Michael um, Eric Michael Dyson. Is that Michael yeah. Eric Michael? Yeah, Eric that, Michael. That, yeah. That I have there that I'm like halfway through. That's really great. Really good. He kind of repeats himself a lot, but it's really good. And I have to get through. I have this other book about just um, by Dr. Robert Glover I have. And then I have uh, something else, a Bond book that I have there. And then I just picked up this. Chris can see it on the camera, but it's, yeah. you know, this Sinfield one. Screenplay. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I just picked that up. I just came in maybe a week ago. So I'm going to dive into that. So, but yeah, I, I, I got to, that Tarantino one, it's been sitting there. Cause I know I'm going to get to it eventually. Yeah. Maybe I'll, after the fucking 10th film comes out, maybe I'll just do fucking, cause I want to get the novelization of once upon a time as well. So maybe yeah. I'll do a Tarantino dive uh, when, when that's all done. But anyway, what, why I assume you've, you've read that chapter. Yeah, I, I read, I mean, the, the way it's set up is you can, there's just chapters about certain movies. So you can yeah. just kind of like read the chapter of the movie you want to. But uh, he does this thing that's like interesting that I heard him do in other interviews before where he's like, like he basically goes like Martin Scorsese always goes like, oh, yeah, like the violence is supposed to be like, you know, I hated the violence isn't supposed to be like cool or like rad. Like, Scorsese saying yeah, this Scorsese's in his film. like, yeah, okay. but like Tarantino or like, it's specifically in this film. It's supposed to be like horrifying. Yeah. But like in the book, Tarantino was like, like, yeah, right, dude. You know, you had like a fucking hard on making that. Like you loved it. You loved yeah. the hard- violence. Like he's like, you fucking like, there's no way you made that violent of a movie and like, didn't enjoy how violent it was. Yeah. 
But he also said the same thing about Joker where he's just like, he's like, when you're watching Joker, you're like, you're hoping he shoots fucking Robert De Niro in the head. I was like, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I kind of wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I think, I think you really like violence a lot. <laughs> like, well, movie violence. Yeah. Yeah. Movie violence. I hope. So I don't know, man. I just, I don't know if I, I don't know. He It's just a weird thing of like going like, you know how we all like, <laughs> like, you know how we all like feet, right? Yeah. You're like, like, nah, no, I don't not know, really. man. <laughs> but go ahead. Explain yourself. <laughs> go ahead, dude. And then he wrote a chapter of like, what would happen if Brian De Palma directed Taxi Driver? Which oh. is interesting. Yeah. It's mm. like a what if, which is that which makes me think that's what his movie is going to next movie is going to be about. Like, it's like mm. the what ifs of like different movies anyway, but I actually have to jump off. Soon. Okay. Yeah. We'll end it there with taxi driver. Yeah. Taxi driver. We talked about it last week and, uh, uh there was one thing I wanted to say about, about anyway, taxi driver. I'll, maybe, I don't know. I remember there was something about last week that I was thinking about. Um, as you were talking about it, I think I forgot. Mm. Anyway, I got to go, but where can yes. the kids find you? You can find me online. Uh, reach out to me, all my socials, Dro Esquire, D-R-O underscore E-S-Q, my Instagram, my Twitter, or X, as it's now Ooh. called. Just, yeah, reach out to me. I'm posting up uh, movie reviews if anyone has any movie suggestions. I'm also on Letterboxd, the same thing. So just reach out to me. Um, and let me know what you're watching and we can talk about movies, man. So all good. Yeah. And you can find me smoking buddy mean mugs and shoulder yeah. shrugs and Even some, that's a good song. <laughs> you can find me in St. Louis rolling some buds, smoking them dubs and rubs, rolling up them cocoa puffs, sipping bud, winning hugs and dead drugs, naps and hugs, mean mugs and shoulder shrugs. Woof. Nelly. Shout out to Nelly. Yeah, shout out to Nelly. Cornell. ChristianDuranComedy.com for all your Christian Duran needs. Christian Duran, just find me on Letterboxd. I'll, I'm writing more reviews. Oh, I wanted to talk about Ju- Jupiter Ascending, but maybe I'll say that. A Channing Tatum movie? A Channing Tatum and Mila uh, I heard. I started I watching like, that. I, that's, enough, that's, a, that's, a, that's a bad one. Yeah. I mean, I wrote in my reviews. Like, if you're going to have Channing Tatum, who's like funny. A dog boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Funny and charming in like the Jump Street movies. And Mila Kunis, who's like funny in that 70s show and charming and like and she's good in the bad mother's movies yeah she's good it's like why would you like just have why would you not give them like personalities in the movie Mm. like they're just like there it's just that typical like sci-fi like everybody's just talking in sci-fi language Mm. where they're just like we must save the princess you are the princess of (laughs) acclimonia and she like like you know why han solo works because he thinks all this alien shit is weird. He like, yeah, thinks he's, he's fucking, out of it. Yeah. yeah he even like, says mystical wizards. And is that, and even when Obi-Wan leaves, he goes, can you believe that old fucking guy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He thinks it's all stupid. Yeah. Like you need somebody to like, think it's all stupid in the movie. Otherwise, like it's hard to take seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's one person going like, yo, is that a dogfish boy? Like, yeah. Yo, what the fuck? Yeah. You can't just have like a dogfish boy walking around. Yeah. <laughs> without someone going like that Commenting shit is dumb. On yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway. Uh and Eddie Redmayne is over the top. <laughs> so that's your <laughs> review yeah, for that's Jupiter review. Ascending. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about it more. But anyway, I gotta go. All so right. see you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Bye bye.